1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a snowy Wednesday, March 24th. How about that? I wasn't expecting that little surprise when you woke up this morning, huh? Get out and get the uh, get the brush out of the trunk. Do some sledding, build a snowman today. But they say march in like a lamb, out like a lion. I'm pretty sure we had lamb-like weather as we came into the month. So maybe we'll we'll, we'll take a look at the extended forecast and see uh what uh what fun mother nature has in store for us for 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 next Wednesday. Jam-packed show today. I'm 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 kind of nervous. We're not going to be able to fit everything we need to in the next half hour. Three main points we're getting to today. Number 1, Laker girls basketball season comes to an end last night at the hand of the Bemidji Lumberjacks 67 to 51 in the section 83A semifinals Bemidji advances to take on Alexandria in the section championship on Friday they beat Sartell St. Stephen last night 50 to 30 we'll, we'll hear from head coach Rachel Johnson's post game comments uh kind of wrapping up her first year as head coach of the Lakers We'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it Cal Soderquist as well. Let's talk some Wolves basketball on a Wolves Wednesday. Wolves back in action tonight, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get to some trade deadline news. And fans being welcomed back at Target Center as well. Second half of the sports wrap, we're going to have Alexis Pearson from the Bar Down Beauties podcast, which you can find wherever you get your favorite podcast from, talking some Minnesota Wild as they are also in action tonight. They are taking on the Anaheim Ducks. A little bit earlier game, 4.30 puck drop this afternoon. Wild versus Ducks. But first, let's get into some Laker girls basketball as their season has officially come to an end. Rewind time. Rewind. Like I mentioned before, Laker girls basketball season is over. They fall last night to the Bemidji Lumberjacks in the Section 8-3A semifinals. Two-seeded Lakers lose to number three-seed Bemidji 67 to 51. Lakers uh, head coach Rachel Johnson joined Charlie on the postgame show yesterday talking about how tough the loss was to and to see their season come to an end uh, a lot sooner than they had hoped it would. Yes, it is tough, uh, especially my first year. Didn't think it would hit so hard, but it is tough. Um, but in the locker room, it was so good to see the girls. They're just sticking together and uh, they actually just started meandering out. They've been uh, tucked inside together, and so uh, that's how you can really tell what a true team looks like. Yeah, I mean, a team to the very end, right? I mean, that, yep. and that's what you want to see as a coach. It's, it's, you know, you want to see your game plan develop on the court. You want to win, but also you want to be around a, a team, right? I mean, Correct. you don't want a bunch of individuals. Correct. Yep. And uh, you know, we stuck to our game plan and uh, give credit where credit is due. Bemidji played great. Uh, you had to honor their drive, and you had to honor their kickout because they were hitting their shots, uh, and that makes them a really hard team to guard when they're doing well like that. Uh, give credit to our girls. They tried their darndest to get it done, uh, and then our shots just weren't falling, so made for made for a tough night. Was that the most difficult part of their game plan was the drive because it just didn't seem like we could find that answer to, to stop them. Yeah, yeah, and then when when the drive's working, uh, you can stop that. That's great. But then if you, they can kick out and still hit a three, uh, that makes it really hard to adjust to um, because then you're kind of flip-flopping between a couple of different options. And um, tonight it just, just didn't work out. And offensively, maybe gripping the ball a little bit too tight. I mean, what was it? Nerves? It was a, it was a, little, was it? It was a little sticky tonight. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure yeah. what it was. Uh, they were pretty pretty wound up tight right away, just like I talked to you before. The pep talk was more to pull them back, calm them down, do their normal thing. Uh, and so right out of the gates, it was a little difficult. But they settled in, um, and I liked the looks they were getting. And, you know, if things would have fallen, it, this would have been a much closer and different game. So uh, for the seniors, of course, I mean, I'm sure it hits a little extra hard in the post game afterwards. So. Yes, it does. Um, but our seniors, Maddie Bowers, Sarah Tangen, uh, Kylie Price, and Ava Gilbert, uh, they are just class acts, not only on the court and in the classroom, but our community. Uh, and so although it hurts to see them go, uh, we're excited to see what they do in their future uh, because life is bigger than basketball. Uh, and excited to see them come back and cheer us on in the next couple of years. Yeah, we saw some alumni here tonight as well. So, Yeah, even in the bitter end, you know, they had uh, uh, JV players kind of technically out there playing and uh, someone shoots a shot and they're going wild for them on the bench, even at the bitter end. Uh, and so those are the kinds of girls we want coming out of here. How about for you as a coach? I mean, you talked about it. It's, it's your first year uh, can you put a wrap on, on your first year as a head coach? I mean, your, your thoughts <laughs> as it's ended now here? You know, despite COVID, uh, it's, been, it's been amazing. It's stressor is heck stressful <laughs> at times. <laughs> um, but basketball is something I really love. And even more than basketball, I love these girls. Uh, and so whatever I can do, just even be with them. That's what I'll take. Head coach of the Laker girls basketball team, Rachel Johnson, on the postgame show, very emotional, understandably, as her team falls to Bemidji last night, 67-51. to 51. Bemidji will meet Alexandria, the number one overall seed, a team that uh, the Lakers beat in the regular season a couple weeks ago. They beat Sartell St. Stephen last night, 50-30, to 30, so the Section 8-3A girls basketball is set. Alexandria versus Bemidji for the Section 8-3A championship on Friday. Now, other scores from last night's Pelican Rapids survives Barnesville uh, in overtime. 46-39 final score there. And Fergus Falls, the number one team in Section 8, is uh, advancing as well. They beat Hawley 50-26. We're joined on the phone now by Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Good morning, Cal. Good morning, Z. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Let, let's talk about uh, some exciting news, uh, something that we haven't seen at Target Center in more than a year. It sounds like you guys are ramping up to welcome fans back to cheer on these Wolves, huh? Yeah, that is the exciting, uh, yeah, with uh, kind of the, the loosening restrictions around the state, uh, you know, with, with Governor Walls and the Minnesota Department of Health, um, it opens up things for, for both, you know, obviously the outdoor sporting venues with the Twins and uh, the Minnesota United, but also the Wolves in the Wild uh, have, have a little more of an opportunity to kind of increase what their indoor capacity has been. So actually this week with, with the busy week at target center of home games, um, we've seen the team start to welcome in, you know, essential workers, healthcare workers and and other frontline folks. Uh, So it's been a great opportunity for, for them to kind of come out and enjoy a game and and be the first to kind of experience. And also, you know, to uh, for for the wolves to really, um, I guess, get themselves, back into the habit of, of having fans in the seats, you know, open up the concessions, uh, have some of the security staff around the concourse and all that stuff. So that's kind of the slow lead up. Um, the big date for, for fans to keep an eye on as far as tickets. So obviously uh, season ticket holders will have kind of the first priority at, uh, at securing seats for some of these games to close out this season. Um, and it's not too late. If, if you want to secure a season ticket membership, you can do that kind of, 
jumped the line right away. I think the big on-sale date uh, for fans just looking to get some single-game tickets is coming up on March 31st. Um, and that'll be available online. It's kind of going to be a first-come, first-served type system. Uh, and then the other date to circle will be April 5th, the, that first home game that will be available to purchase. And uh, there, there's a pretty good pretty good little mini homestand that, that kind of tips out right there April 5th. So fans will have an opportunity for, uh, you know, about about the last month and change in terms of uh, available home games. It should be fun. Let's talk some shop. Uh, Wolves are three and four since the All-Star break. I found this stat um, on, on the, the Wolves Facebook page the other day. Uh, the top scoring duos since the All-Star break, Irving and Harden with the Nets, they're, they're scoring almost 58 points a game. Westbrook, Westbrook and Beal with the Wizards, 56 points a game. And then number three in the NBA in terms of scoring duos is Cat and Ant putting up nearly 53 points a game. That's fun to see. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. And I, and I think you go back especially to uh, to last week's win in Phoenix um, where, where they both dropped 40-plus. And, and the historical context of that, you know, only the second time in, in team history that two teammates have rang the 40-point bell uh, in the same night. And, and funny enough, it was Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, the last two guys to do it. So Cat's been a part of that, um, and I think it just shows kind of, A, the efficiency that Cat has as a scorer, that, uh, you know, he's not one of those volume shooters that's going to kind of be uh, a black hole against the basketball. Um, the fact that a teammate can also can still go for 40 and, it's been really fun to see. I mean, I think we talk about it almost every week, but Ant continues to sort of get more comfortable. Um, I think he's really the thing since Finch has gotten here is Ant has really bought into that message from the coaching staff on sort of shot selection. And, man, if this is what you're doing now, if you can eliminate some of these, these tough jumpers or, you know, pull-up twos early in the shot clock, you can get rid of those and, and kind of search for better looks for either yourself or your teammates. It's only going to, it's only going to get better for him as a scorer. So I think he's bought into that a little bit. Um, and, you know, he, he's just kind of feeling out defenses a little bit more, a little bit better. And that's kind of the result. Those two guys have really become the primary parts of this offense. Uh, I think Chris Finch has had more time and done a great job of, running things through Cat even a little bit more in terms of kind of some different touches, getting him some uh, exotic looks around the floor. And, you know, they've even spoken recently about sort of drawing stuff up for him as if he were a, a guard, you know, a wing and kind of running him off some screens and things like that. So it's been cool to see, uh, you know, the head coach get more comfortable with these guys and also these guys get more comfortable in that system. NBA trade deadline, uh, trade deadline is tomorrow at 3 o'clock, but Wolves getting two big names back um, that they've already traded for last year. Guys that haven't played in a bit, Michael Beasley and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he's been practicing a little bit. When uh, What's the timetable on Russell suiting back up for the Wolves, and how is he going to fit back into this offense now that it's kind of being taken over by Cat and Ant? Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing is, um, kind of like you mentioned, you know, with the trade deadline happening uh, late tomorrow, uh, who knows what the Wolves will or won't do. You know, we know Gerson Rosas is, is always very aggressive in these kind of situations. Um, but, but like you said, it's almost like you're you're sort of acquiring those guys in both Hero and Beasley. Uh, and, and Malik will come back Saturday, and it sounds like he's been 
doing everything he needs to do to remain conditioned and kind of, uh, you know, there won't be any sort of uh, working his way back in despite the lengthy absence. So that's great. Um, and the, the latest update on Delo is that uh, he's, you know, the, the phrase that we heard from Chris Finch was he's, he's on the runway and he's kind of continuing to work his way back into shape. I think he's continually sort of been cleared for more activities. It sounded like uh, team activities, which is probably one of the final steps. It sounded like those were pretty close. Um, it, as as often, or as recent as last weekend, I believe was when uh, Chris Finch had said, you know, you're close to that. And the other thing with that is you need practice time and, and you need the other, the rest of the team to be, be available for that. So um, they've had a, a few of those opportunities, but not many. And uh, I think it's just a matter of he'll continue to do his work on the side or whenever and whenever he needs to. And then when they can uh, fit in those full team practices and scrimmages, um, Lilo will be, will be in those and, getting that much closer. I, I don't know if it would be uh, certainly uh, he's, he's ruled out for tonight's game. Um, and then there's two more Friday and Saturday. It might be, might be a long shot to expect him for those, but certainly right around the corner, uh, it, it would sound like. And it, it's going to be really interesting. And I think honestly pretty important to get him in Chris Finch's system and uh, kind of, the, all the all the areas that he maybe struggled this year uh, in terms of, you know, adapting to the pace and uh, moving the basketball like they want in this offense, mm-hmm. I think getting Devo bought in on some of those things and really seeing what they have with all of those guys. You know, Delo, Beasley, Edwards, and Cat. Uh, the offense could be pretty special, and it's just a matter of getting them used to each other because they've, they've shared the floor for so few games. Any predictions on major splashes before tomorrow's deadline? Maybe not just for... For the Wolves, but there are some some big names floating around that could be moved. Guys like Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting, and uh, you know, it's it's obviously this year has been unprecedented for for so many reasons. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how that kind of plays into the trade deadline. And like you said, uh, it's it's tough to quantify. If it feels like we've had a lot of trade requests in the last two weeks, you know, there's always a handful of names that want out, and you kind of either know that they want out or you know that teams are trying to uh, get them into a new destination. And um, I think if at the very least we're going to see the, the usual amount of activity that we see at the trade deadline, probably one or two fairly recognizable names. Uh, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan. Um, Aaron Gordon is a guy in Orlando who mm-hmm. seems uh, like he's completely done there. And it can always change. You know, the situation can always uh, – a guy can have a meeting with, with the front office and coaching staff and change the tune, certainly. Um, but there just seem to be a few names that that really the, the team is probably going to look to make any sort of a deal to get something back. So uh, I'll be watching it closely. Um, usually I lean on the you know, phrase, uh, when all is said and done, more is always said than done. But mm. in, the, in the NBA – that can be proven wrong uh, fairly quickly, and especially when you get some of these these big-time three-team and four-team deals that, that transpire. Wolves basketball tonight, 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off against the Dallas Mavericks from the Target Center. Uh, what do we know about Dallas, and what is uh, what, what is Jordan McLaughlin's status for tonight? He's missed a handful of games due to COVID-19 protocols. Expecting J-Mac back tonight? Yeah, that, that's the fingers crossed with J-Mac is um, – 
he actually yesterday uh, was doing a lot more. He was doing more conditioning wise. So he's been out of the protocols for a few days. And, and as we've talked about, it's kind of the last step is getting yourself back in the game shape, game shape when you're only able to do so much sort of in that isolation uh, to keep your conditioning up. So if he's able to go through the walkthrough and kind of get cleared by uh, the team doctors and he feels good, he should be back out there, which would be great in terms of the team's point guard depth. Um, and with Dallas, you know, they're a team that, that has very much uh, been able to climb their way back up into the Western Conference playoff picture. They were a team that kind of more than any other team in the first three weeks or month of the season, they dealt with COVID pretty, pretty hard. They, they were shorthanded. Um, they didn't have that kind of week-long postponement of games. They had to just play a bunch of games shorthanded. And uh, I think they've really stuck together and, you know, just kind of leaned on their guys, Luca, Kristaps, Porzingis, and uh, here they are now. So I think they've, they've found a stride a little bit more. Minnesota will obviously have their hands full. I think it'll be important to see how the Wolves react to, you know, a pretty – pretty lackluster effort on Monday. Um, it was, you know, especially off of a, a fairly positive road trip where the Wolves kind of played close with some Western Conference contenders uh, and even got a victory in Phoenix. Chris Finch kind of summed it up saying, you know, we had taken two steps forward. Monday was certainly a step back. So if we take another step or another two steps forward, it'll, it'll be a net gain. Um, but, you know, it, it's all up to the team and kind of what they – what they want to put out there effort-wise. So tonight feels like like an important effort, especially in that first half. Who do you think has the the honor of guarding Luka Doncic tonight? He's averaging 29 points, 8 boards, 9 assists per game. How do you stop him? It's it's going to have to be a team effort, certainly, but I think it'll, it'll be Josh Okogie's assignment, especially when you, you look back at uh, the two games in Phoenix and, you know, Devin Booker in the Thursday win for the Wolves, Devin Booker had... I think it was 30 or 32 through three quarters. Um, and then, you know, they, they made some schematic tweaks, and it was essentially Josh Okogie t- to be D-Book's shadow. Uh, and Booker, the rest of the way, the rest of the game's like 13 or 14 minutes. He had one point. He was like 0 of 5 from the field. The one point was just a free throw. And uh, J.L. really locked him down and did some things well. And, and the tough deal is Luka Doncic has some more size on Booker. But I, I still think Josh Okoge is, is your best bet, especially the way he's been playing on that side of the basketball. But maybe a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, um, you know, with the length, uh, even a guy like Jaden McDaniels, who knows? I'm sure it'll be, you know, a team concept and, and throw some different guys at Luca just to sort of keep him guessing. Tip off tonight from the Target Center, 7 o'clock. Pre-game with Cal Soderquist at 6.30 right here on the station. You can count on for Timberwolves basketball, KDLM, Detroit Lakes. Cal, thanks so much for joining us today. My favorite will chat again next Wednesday. You got it. Thanks, Zeke. Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Coming up next, we'll take a break. We'll get to your uh, your NFL Network update, your Twins Minute, your Gopher Daily Update as well. Then we'll call Alexis Pearson from the Bar Down Beauties podcast to talk some puck. Minnesota Wild back in action tonight. Talk to me to Alexis Pearson next on KDLM. I'm Ari Wolf with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. A former Super Bowl MVP has a new team. Joe Flacco is headed to the Eagles, his fourth team in as many seasons. Philly looks to add some experience to the QB room as Jalen Hurts enters his second season per NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. It's a one-year $3.5 million contract with a chance to make up to $7.5 million. Marcus Mariota will remain a Raider. That according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. 
The Las Vegas QB is expected to sign a reworked one-year contract worth $3.5 million with a chance to make up to $8 million, including incentives. Not so fast in New York City for 10-year veteran tight end and former Viking Kyle Rudolph. Per NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, there's a snag in the Giants' edition of Rudolph stemming from the team's medical staff's belief that he'll need foot surgery. The sides are discussing how to proceed. The two-year was agreed to, but not yet signed. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. If you're a first-time buyer, finding your first real home can feel like this. Hot property. Not going to last long. Multiple offers. 30 or fixed. We need earnest money. But a realtor has the expertise to strip away all the noise and focus on what really matters to you. You're going to love this place. Great neighborhood. School is walkable. It even has a huge yard so Henry can practice his penalty kicks. Finding the right place starts with you and a realtor with the expertise to make sure your voice is the only voice that matters. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Spring is on its way. Almost time to roll out the green carpet. Start planning now with innovative help from the Home Depot. Use our project calculators to figure how much grass seed you'll need or just the right amount of mulch. Our online workshops and how-to videos will get you up to speed fast from outdoor fire pits to planter projects. If you're ready to roll, so are we. Download our mobile app to get started. Bring on spring with help from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. American soybean farmers know how to get the most out of every acre. They have to. But huge ag corporations like Monsanto put farmers' livelihoods at risk with the dangerous products they sell. Dicamba drift kills bean crops right here in Minnesota. Now farmers and rural communities are facing millions of acres of crop loss. The economic damage is staggering. But we can teach Monsanto a lesson and be made whole. By coming together and speaking with one voice, we can hold them accountable. If you've been affected by Dicamba, call 507-320-3229 or go to SoybeanSettlementNow.com and join us. That's SoybeanSettlementNow.com. Sarah Duffy of the Algren Law Office, 220 West Washington Avenue, Suite 105, Fergus Falls, Minnesota, 56537, is the attorney responsible for the content of this advertising. It's time once again for Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. Not a lot of drama surrounding the Twins in this particular camp in terms of positions, but a lot of eyes, a lot of chatter focused on left field with the departure of Eddie Rosario. Will it be Kirilov? Will it be Rooker? And sometimes Jake Cave is the forgotten man. He's established himself as a big leaguer. Does he feel like he should be in the conversation as a starter? I believe that the players get to play. I believe if I'm good enough, then I will play. And I believe if I'm not good enough and I'm not playing well enough, then, then, I, then I won't. And that's just kind of how I look at things. You know, I go out, I do everything I can to keep my body healthy. I try to stay fast. I try to stay strong. I, I work on defense. I work on offense. And if that day comes and I put myself in a position to be a big league baseball player, then I'm ready for it no matter it's a starter, backup guy, whatever. And Jake has done all of those roles. He's played the corners. He's filled in ably in center field. And Jake and his very much big league ready beard will be ready for whatever he's asked to do when the season starts. This is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The Lakes Area Radio app is powered by Seven Sisters Spirits. Choose from more than 2,500 varieties of wine and 300 varieties of craft beer at Seven Sisters Spirits. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. We'll hear from brand new men's basketball coach Ben Johnson when we come back.
Hey, it's Gardsy for Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, and it's that time of year to be freezing for a reason. And Special Olympics Minnesota needs our help now more than ever. And this year, they made it even easier to take the plunge. You can plunge in person at a safe and socially distant event or virtually. Affinity Plus wants to help you get started on your fundraising goal by contributing a $25 donation to the first 1,000 plungers to register at plungemn.org slash Affinity Plus. Join the fun today and make a difference this season. Affinity Plus, federally insured by NCU. New Golden Gopher men's basketball coach Ben Johnson describes the type of identity and culture he wants in taking over the program. I think the first thing is is we want to recruit and we're going to have character people in our program, whether that's my st- myself, our staff, obviously our players and the kids that we'll, we'll bring in, future recruits. Um, you know, core values are a lot to me, you know, and I think we need to uh, develop a culture of consistent core values, you know, trust, integrity, and competitiveness. You know, we got to be able to, to trust each other. The guys got to be able to trust themselves. We got to be able to, you know, trust the process. Um, and we got to do it with integrity in everything we do, whether that's on the court, in the classroom, socially, but develop men of integrity that understand that value. And then we got to compete in everything we do. We got to be competitive dudes. And we got to be learning to fight, play hard, never back down, compete to the very end. And I think that's the product that people want to see. They want to see guys give their all. They want to see max effort all the time. And, you know, that's what we're willing to do. Uh, we're going to be fighters, and, uh, and we're going to get everything we got. That's new Golden Gopher men's basketball coach Ben Johnson. To hear my entire interview with the coach, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. As we move forward in these uncertain times, Lakeland Mental Health Center encourages you to take a moment each day to reflect on your own mental health needs. If you're experiencing symptoms of depression, anxiety, or any other condition, it's time to make a call to LMHC for help. For more information about the services provided at LMHC or to take a free, confidential online screening, visit lmhc.org for more information. With offices in Alexandria, Detroit Lakes, Fergus Falls, Glenwood, and Moorhead, Lakeland Mental Health Center is here to help today for a better tomorrow. Here's your KDLM weatherology forecast. Cloudy skies and breezy conditions for today. A chance for a light rain-snow mixture early on with high temperatures in the mid-40s. Then for tonight, clearing skies will drop back to a low of 27. A good deal of sunshine making a return for your Thursday with highs up to 50 degrees. And then for your Friday, increasing cloud cover. A slight chance for some rain into the afternoon with a high of 46. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. Thirteen forty, Katie Lem, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Katie Lem Sports Wrap on a snowy Wednesday in March, the twenty fourth. Nice little surprise this morning. Nice little surprise. We've got Alexis Pearson on the phone. She's with the Bar Down Beauties podcast. You can find them wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. You can also follow them on Twitter as well. Alexis, good morning. How are you? say uh out in michigan it's uh rainy here in minnesota today normally we'd maybe get the reverse weather but uh, you guys got the short end of the stick on that one it sounds like we did well we didn't get the nine inches of snow that you guys got last week that missed us so we're we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take a small (laughs) dusting on the trees this morning versus the 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 nine inches that you guys had down there uh last week let's talk some minnesota wild uh i was on vacation for the last week so i'm i'm still playing a little bit of catch up so this is going to be as much uh refresher for for me as anything what in the heck happened against the abs 
<laughs> Wilder a, outscored. Oh man, <laughs> outscored the two games eleven to one, six to nothing in this on the Saturday matinee. Good lord. Yeah, so um, that is a great question that a lot of Wild fans were asking over the the course of those couple of days that that those games happened in, and um, Wild Twitter was flames that weekend after those games went down because <laughs> I think Wild fans unexpectedly have gotten a better team um, this season than people were anticipating coming into the season, and then kind of once you reach that that uh, peak of playing well, things go poorly. You're like, wait a second, what is happening? We're we're not used to this now, mm-hmm. and those were the first two games of the season that I can recall where the Wild just did not look good in the games. Um, every game they've played in the season, even the ones they've lost, even the couple they've been shut out in, they've been in it and they've looked competitive and they've scored goals for the most part. And, and uh, it just looked like a good team. Those two games against Colorado, they, I don't know what the heck they looked like, but it was not the Minnesota Wild um, that we've been seeing over the course of this season. Um, and to be honest, I was panicking a little because I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, this Colorado team is a really good team, but we know that. And we knew they were going to be a tough matchup. So they've played each other close all season. Um, these two teams saw each other right before the COVID outbreak uh, happened on, on the Minnesota Wild team. Mm-hmm. And they were competitive in those games. And these two games, they just didn't look good. Um, and so I was a little concerned because it me it tells me that they're still a few steps away from being a great team. Um, but the fact that they came back and then ended up beating the Ducks in, in that next series on um, that first game was reassuring. So I don't think they're maybe the best team in the world that some fans were thinking they were a week mm-hmm. ago. Um, but keep in mind, Colorado is a very good team, um, and they've got a lot of great pieces, and they just uh, it, it was too much for the Wild to handle. Yeah, the Avs leapfrog the Wild in the standings. Uh, still first place, Vegas 45 points, Avs 43, Wild 39, Blues 37. More on the Blues in a second. Let's talk about the game tonight uh, against the Ducks. The Wild did bounce back well on Monday, 2-1 to one to win against the Ducks. And it sounds like uh, th- th- there could be a pretty big piece of the defense returning anytime soon, a lot sooner than we thought. Uh, what's the latest on the Matt Dumba injury situation? Yeah, this injury went from looking like he was going to be out weeks to saying he's going to be out only games. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see the injury itself, uh, mm-hmm. but it made me cringe when I watched it and when they replayed it. And I, in my head, I was like, this is not good. And you could kind of tell by the look on Matt's face um, when it happened that he was in discomfort and understood the gravity of what the injury could be. Um, and post-game when that happened, Dean kind of told everybody, he's like, you know, you guys saw what happened. It didn't look good. Then a couple days passed and, you know, Dean comes back and says, you know what, it's actually looking like it could be shorter term than we anticipated. And yesterday, Dean gave an injury update saying that Matt could really be back any game now. So we're just kind of waiting to see when that game is going to be. He's a very valuable piece to the Wild because he's an offensive defenseman, and the Wild historically have struggled with offense. So the fact that he's great defensively but also can put the puck in the back of the net and a, a, a skill he has that I think um, goes on talking about sometimes is just the way he can get under the opponent's skin. I mean, he really possesses that skill as well, which is just as important, I think, as any other skill an athlete can have. So he's got three big things to his game that the Wild could definitely use, um, especially coming down the, the stretch of the season here. Um, and we're looking forward to getting him back anytime soon. Um, so I would say within uh, the next handful of games here, he'll be back on the team. Good news for Dumbo, but kind of same old story for Marcus Felino's foot injury or, or, or lower body injury, they're calling it. Yeah, they're calling it lower body. We all thought where the puck hit him, though, so uh, we think it's probably an ankle or a foot injury, um, and he is still a few weeks out, which is disappointing because he was having a, a tremendous season, um, you know, up until that injury. And not that he's 
ever really had a, a bad season, but he was kind of reaching a new level of play this season where he was turning into more of a scorer than an, as well as an agitator. And that is just such a valuable um, way to play the game. And, you know, that agitator role is, is fading away in modern NHL. And you don't really have players who are just an enforcer or just an agitator. You kind of want them to have other skills as well. And Marcus Salino was starting to grow to that uh, game a little bit more where he was being more of a scorer. He was, he was doing more um, than we've seen him do before, and he was doing it well. And so, uh, and everybody who knows me knows he's my, my, my favorite player. <laughs> so uh, it's a personal hit for me as well that I don't get to watch him because I just admire him so much. Um, and he's a very important part of this Minnesota Wild team. So he's a little bit longer term, uh, but hopefully when he does eventually come back, he, he can pick up right where he left off. We're talking to president of the Marcus Foligno Fan Club and Bardown Beauty's podcast host, Alexis Pearson, on the Sports Wrap this morning. Alexis, uh, you mentioned before that in the Colorado series, the Wild were kind of exposed as a, as a good team, not a great team like the fans thought they were. Uh, the trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks, Monday the 12th at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Anybody out there that uh, these guys could look at it, bring it in, that would give them the boost they need to move from that good team to a great team in this division? You know, to be honest with you, I, I've I've kind of been firm on this, and and as of right now, I haven't changed my mind. But I don't really want the Wild to to make any big moves or even any really small moves at the trade deadline. I think the, this Minnesota Wild team is going to be pretty quiet, um, just because I don't think that you know, even though they they didn't have a great showing against Colorado, and it did, as you say, expose them to to show that they're not the best team in the league yet. They've got a lot of good things going for them, but they're not quite there yet um i think you got to give this team time to breathe this roster time to breathe it went through a lot of changes in the off season and even if you date it back to the the nino niederreiter charlie coyle mikhail granlin trades, i think they're still kind of growing into themselves from those trades um and then it, you add on what happened this off season bringing kirill kaprizov in having koppel kakinen come up um it went through a lot of, of changes and growing pains and they're doing so many things well that people didn't expect them to be able to do at this point. I would rather have them kind of ride this season out and then reevaluate come summertime. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and I have kind of been saying that for a couple of weeks and, and I was really the only thing that would change my mind is if the wild took a nosedive, a, a, a consistent nosedive where they're losing, you know, games upon games, or if there's massive long-term injuries that are piling up that they're dealing with that they need to bring new people on for um and so my stance right now is let the team breathe and reevaluate what you might need come postseason you guys had a pretty huge guest on your bar on beauty's podcast uh last week or the week before i don't remember exactly when it was i listened to it twice you guys had mike madonna <laughs> hall of famer legend uh what's mike like a little starstruck having mike on your podcast last week yeah, it it was a huge get. Someone we've had on our guest list uh, want for for since started the podcast. He's been on the list of people we wanted to get, and uh, the fact that he works in wild management gives us a little help because uh, uh-huh. people who work for wild we can reach out to our uh, to to people in the organization and say, hey, can you give us uh, Mike Madano? And uh, we finally got him. He was a pleasure to have on the podcast. Really easygoing, fun guy to talk to, had some funny stories. You know, everybody who grew up a North Stars fan or lives in Minnesota or is now a Wild fan knows the beef that the North Stars have with Norm Green and the Dallas mm-hmm. Stars and, and everything that went down there. And so he he played along really well with kind of our questions, teasing about that and, and all of that. And it was it was really fun to have him on. It's, it's 
one of those guests who, you know, over the course of our podcast, the, the year and couple months we've been doing it, there's been a list of guests that I've kind of compiled in my mind of like, I'm going to be really grateful I had the chance to do this when I'm older and looking back on this and some of the people I got to talk to um, throughout this experience. And, and Mike McDonald definitely cracked that list. And uh, I know even when my dad found out that we were going to have a mom, my dad grew up a North Stars fan, was devastated <laughs> when, the, when the North Stars left. Yeah. And he was just, he told me after the podcast, he was like, when I listened to that, he goes, I'm not going to lie. I teared up a little bit uh, listening to Mike talk and talk about the North Stars leaving. He goes, that was an awesome guest, and, and uh, you guys did a great job. So if anybody hasn't listened to that yet, if you are a uh, North Stars fan, Dallas Stars fan, uh, just an old school hockey fan, Mike is a great guy, and uh, it was a pleasure to have him on. If someone wants to find that interview or, or your podcast in general, where can they find it at? Uh, Bar Down Beauties. We're on Twitter at Bar Down Butte Pod, uh, on Instagram, YouTube as well, Bar Down Beauties on youtube uh, we're putting out tons of youtube videos lots of exclusive stuff on youtube um and uh yeah we're we're everywhere podcasts are found spotify apple music wherever uh you could listen to it we'll be there awesome alexis pearson bar down beauties find them wherever you get your favorite podcast from alexis uh thanks for for being flexible thanks for joining us on an action-packed sports wrap today we'll chat again soon and go wild against the ducks tonight yeah absolutely go wild thanks for having me can't wait it's finger licking good Sweet, dude. All right, thanks again to our guests, Cal Soderquist and Alexis Pearson, for joining us on The Wrap today. If you missed any of the episode, you can go back and re-listen to it momentarily on demand at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And while you're there, uh, look up the Bar Down Beauties podcast as well, because it's, it's one of my go-tos. Now, just their, their, their last three episodes, they had Kalen Addison on, Mike Madano, and Alex Stalock right after he got claimed off waivers by Edmonton. It's it's great stuff. Jesse Pierce, Alexis Pearson, uh, and producer Fred uh, put together one heck of a wild podcast. Bar Down Beauties on Apple Podcasts. Here's coming up tonight. Action-packed sports night. Wild hockey kicking things off. Early game for the Wild tonight. 4-15 pregame show. 4-30 puck drop. Against the Anaheim Ducks, Wild beat the Ducks 2-1 on Monday night. Following Wild Hockey, we've got Timberwolves basketball. They're in action tonight as well. Back at home, uh, Wolves are 3-4 and four since the All-Star break. Taking on Luka Doncic, who's nearly averaging a triple-double this season. 29 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds per game. And the Wolves get him tonight. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off. We'll probably join Wolves basketball in progress once uh, the Wild are done plucking the Ducks. You're in tune to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. We'll get to a quick CBS news break and then begin off the record with Zeke coming up.